0: start on demand
1: manitoba is considering gradually reopening the province and loosening some of the restrictions while saskatchewan has unveiled a five-phase plan for its gradual reopen how do you think a reopening could work We'll tell you about the Manitoba connection to the shooting in Nova Scotia. A Brandon woman shares the loss of her sister and the challenges of explaining it to loved ones. The Mounties are usually going into schools right around now to share tips on internet safety, but they can't do that this year. It's an important message from the RCMP as students ramp up their screen time. And Winnipeg math teacher Will Penner from Mathopoly has put together a tribute video to Billie Eilish's bad guy, With his song, Math Guy, trying to make math fun for kids. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, April 23rd podcast for The Start. (music) Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. High of 17 today, and indeed, as I was out for a walk yesterday, it was beautiful yesterday. First time I haven't worn a jacket in a long time, but there are more people out and about now. So curious to see what the province has to say next week on this plan they're putting together to potentially ease restrictions, because this warmer weather means more people are going to want to get outside. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Loren. Greg, why don't we start with you? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great it was amazing to be outside yesterday the change in the weather and you know not a lot of wind like it was genuinely warm yesterday versus sometimes you get a high temperature and it's still chilly yeah you could feel that spring is here yesterday and it feels so so good they're cleaning my street today and i guess i'm gonna have to be doing some raking this weekend get the leaves off my front lawn so more chores on the horizon mcnab
2: you got time buddy you got time i, I that's think that's fair. the the one thing i've noticed and it's been it's you know there's so many conversations to have around this as we go forward about just uh, the the weather makes you feel more normal right like i felt like yesterday just a bit more like myself the kids were outside playing you could hear people on the street we might not have interacted with them the same way but you could the sound it sounded more like spring than it has in a long long time and so it felt good like it it wasn't just about the sunshine it felt a little bit more normal but then when we have all these conversations about what will that return to our new normal look like i'm just curious uh, how this will all play out and what we'll like about it, what we're missing, and also what we might miss from the current lives we're listening now. And I I bring up the fact that you have more time on your hands. I've kind of liked some of the aspects of the past six weeks. And so there's just so many things going through my mind right now about what this reopening and the plan could look like that the premier will release next week and then how we're all going to feel about it.
1: You say you've kind of liked some of the aspects of the last few weeks. What have you liked?
2: Well, I'm home with my kids, and so I'm very fortunate to be able to do that right now. And of course, that's brought on its whole set of different kind of challenges with schooling and lessons and managing technology and me figuring out things I didn't even know how to do two weeks ago. Honest to God, even just scanning something on the printer yesterday just about made my head explode. But on on the flip side, I'm with them, you know, and I don't get to see them in the morning normally on this shift. And so it's been such a joy to wake up and see their uh, sleepy little faces in the morning and just to have a bit more time. There's been less activities to do, right? So you're just doing more things. Greg, you mentioned you're doing even more like projects and renos and things around Mm -hmm. the house because you're just home. You, You don't have a place to run off to, no volleyball practice or whatever the twins might have going on.
0: Oh, hundred percent. And the whole idea of just the extra hour or more that we might have just from not driving to work. So Brett, thanks for doing that and uh, doing that commute. And because that time adds up really quick, but I was talking to somebody the other day, I don't have any meetings, face-to-face meetings. Uh, most of my Secondary activities that I'm involved with, uh, different board meetings that we might be having, those are obviously not happening. There are none of those dinners and fundraisers, unfortunately, for the organizations that host those, but that means no NC duties. That means no, uh, dinners on a Tuesday or a Thursday night until 7.30, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. So yeah, it's really changed uh, the lifestyle. And uh, after tomorrow, it's gonna be six straight weeks that I've been doing the show from home already. And uh, like I said the other day, I'm starting to get used to it. And I don't really wanna get used to it because this isn't realistic in terms of how I wanna live my life.
1: You don't wanna just hunker down in your basement every day and work out of your your, <laughs> your cave?
0: No, I, I miss you guys too much. And, and the genuine human interaction is what this business, what life in general is all about. Uh, uh, that, like uh, Loren is saying, there are some aspects that uh, will be tough to give up after having a little bit of a taste of them. But no, I, I, I'm craving uh, human interaction. But I do confess to realizing I'm more of an introvert in a homebody than I ever thought I
1: was. Yeah, well, you mean you, Lauren? You get to see your family more. Greg, you get to see your family more. You're working around the the house more. I I, I confess, I've done I have accomplished absolutely nothing <laughs> over the last six weeks. I have done nothing. I have art that has been meaning to go up on my wall for months and months. I have not done it. I haven't gone through my junk. The only thing I've accomplished is uh, I've eaten more takeout, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, yesterday was Canada Takeout Day, and I went to the walk up window at Bar Italia. I got myself a Reuben sandwich and a poutine and uh, it looked really neat to see that and I saw Brent Bellamy uh, was whom we, with whom we speak on this show from time to time he has a lot to say about urban affairs in our city and he said no this is it's a walk-up drive-through so I enjoyed that at least um, and uh, like I said I, I, I got outside without a jacket. So that was essentially my highlight. They, they, the, the highlights of my days typically are when Tucker comes around, the little dog who gets uh, trotted around the office. He comes in to see Forte usually around, what, 9.15, Jeff?
3: Um, I'd say, well, sometimes it could be 8.45, sometimes 9
1: o'clock. Oh, okay. I keep waiting for her to just sick him upon me while we're on the air. <laughs> yes, he's a cutie. That needs to be done. I know. That yeah. needs to be done. Yeah. Why well, not? I know we'll have to we'll have to try to make that happen uh, because he's a fun little guy. You can see pictures and video of him, by the way, on my Instagram at Brett McGarry. As RCMP worked to piece together both a motive and a timeline of events that led to the mass shooting that left 22 dead in Nova Scotia, loved ones from coast to coast are trying to pick up the pieces of all they lost. Including here in
0: Manitoba and Brandon, the family of Joanne Thomas and her husband John are still waiting for police confirmation that the couple was killed. Joanne is originally from Winnipeg. After she graduated from what was then known as Pierre Radisson Collegiate, she moved to Grand Forks to study at the University of North Dakota. Joanne eventually married, raised a family with her husband, and then uh, three years ago, they decided to move from New Mexico to rural Nova Scotia, and uh, I I can't do anything but take a deep breath here, and the peaceful life it offered, Lorraine.
2: Yeah, drawn to that part of the country like so many because it's picturesque, it's pretty, it's quiet. Uh, Despite the distance from Nova Scotia to Brandon, Joanne's sister Lori says Joanne was always in touch. They have a younger brother with special needs, and when Lori joined Richard and Julie on the news last night, she explained how Joanne never failed to reach out.
4: I had actually spoken with Joanne at length on Friday and then had a, had texted with her on, um, on Saturday because sometimes my little brother, who lives across the street from me, would um, tell Joanne something he would like her to forward to me, and... Uh, On Saturday, he wanted another piece of my birthday cake when I came over, so Joanne was the bearer of of that message. (laughs) And I I responded to that. And uh, as I came over with birthday cake, uh, she had just finished talking with Ken. It was just before 7 o'clock Saturday night, and we were hunkering down to watch the, the concert to honor the frontline victims that was being broadcast. And when it was over, typically we would have received another goodnight call from Joanne, but we didn't that night. And I didn't think too much about it because it was generally what what the routine was. But occasionally it did not happen. But when he didn't hear from her very early in the morning, because she, of course, was two hours ahead, and Ken is quite an early riser.
2: So they didn't hear from. Joanne, that concert she referenced there is actually a concert that was for the COVID-19 victims. We're not talking Nova Scotia yet. They had no idea that shooting had happened, guys, until they woke up the next morning. Ken hadn't heard from his sister, and they haven't heard from her since.
4: Sunday morning, I saw the banner on my iPad saying that there had been an incident on Port Beach Road, and immediately tried to contact my, my sister and her husband by any method that I had available to me, I contacted the police, I contacted the hospital, I contacted their church, I contacted a neighbour. And um, all phones went to immediately to, to voicemail. And it is atypical that she not be in contact with our little brother, who has special needs. She's had a close bond with him, and she also was very faithful, particularly in this time of... Social isolation to make sure that that uh, she was in contact with Ken. So, I felt very early on that this was not going to end well for our family.
0: It's a nightmare come true. It's all the things that you imagine when you can't get a, in touch with someone. That's what um, that's what Lori's dealing with right now. Joanne and John were neighbors with the suspected shooter. Her sister Lori says she's now struggling to come to terms with what happened, especially considering Joanne and John weren't even supposed to be in Nova Scotia this week. If you could imagine, they were supposed to be on a vacation, but COVID-19 prevented them from taking that trip.
4: I have been on the phone nonstop almost since Sunday morning, and I have to be strong because people need me. It hasn't hit me, I don't think, on an emotional level because I need to be strong in particular right now for, for my baby brother. Um, my husband is suffering greatly. Um, the time of COVID has, has also led us to do things in a different fashion. And this is not how I would have things because I am a, a fixer, a feeder, an organizer, but it's the way it has to be for the time being. And I am horrified, and I am saddened, and I am shocked, and I think what is particularly cruel is that had it not been for COVID, John and Joanne would currently be on a month-long holiday. They were going to do two cruises. They were going to be in Denmark they were going to be in england and they were going to meet up with a family friend um in holland and he had actually cleared his schedule and they were going to spend the 6th of may traveling through um he was going to show them the sights of amsterdam and and um they may have come home to a to a house that was no longer there but they would have come home
2: they would have come home, and it was particularly hard to hear that when I was listening to that this morning, guys, c- because it's all the way that life or fate or whatever you want to call it steps in and just changes everything for you. So another example about in in this such a bizarre way how COVID-19 has changed this family's life forever because Joanne and John would not have been here right now. They would have been on that cruise. Instead, they were in their home um, where the suspected shooter, it's their understanding shot them dead. And so lots of unknowns still for that family and many, many more. But oh, when I heard that, my heart broke.
0: Yeah, it's a heartbreaking story. And uh, as I kind of touched on there, when you go through the motions of, of staying in touch with someone, whether it's across the miles or, you know, uh, just across the city, and you don't hear back from someone, often the, the worst thing comes into your mind when that person that you're used to getting a text or a call from doesn't call you back right away. And just to imagine that, that worst thought that could go through your mind coming true like this is uh, absolutely horrific. Our thoughts, uh, our prayers go out to uh, Joanne and John on, of course, and to to Laurie out in Brandon. This is a, a devastating time for them.
1: You can hear the entire interview with Laurie Thomas, with Richard Clute and Julie Buckingham on the news, in the audio vault at cjob.com. They spoke just after Global News at 4.30. As patient... As it appears, most Manitobans have been with the rules around social distancing and self-isolation. The question so many people are asking is when will all these restrictions lift and what will that look like?
2: And it's bizarre because we were saying about an hour ago, Brett, that in some ways we've gotten to the point where many of these changes are starting to feel normal like standing in line for groceries or moving over the sidewalk when you pass someone i went for a run last night and every time we encountered somebody you know he came along the way everyone just sort of parted like the red sea and and it was it felt like that was just the way we were going to do things but premier brian pallister said yesterday he's heard from many manitobans who want to know when they can start planning to get their real lives back
5: there are young couples like one who talked to me on the weekend who would like to be married there are uh, people who like celebrate the lives of lost ones you know we have these situations they're real and so it's really important that we give people a chance to embrace the hope that will balance uh, restoring their lives to some sense of normalcy
0: Across the country, provincial leaders are making plans on just what an easing of restrictions could look like. Saskatchewan has said it will begin what it's calling a five-phase plan to reopen that province next month. More details to come from Saskatchewan are coming later this morning. Meanwhile, Manitoba's premier says our plan will come next week. Global's Brittany Greenslade with
6: more on what it could include. Non-essential businesses are closed. There's a ban on gatherings of more than 10 people. But soon, both restrictions could change.
5: We all would like to get back to normal. But I think most Manitobans understand that the new normal is not going to be the same as the old normal was. And I think it's about how we get to this new normal.
6: Premier Brian Palster says the final touches are being put on the province's reopening plan. But he cautions life will look different.
5: We want to move forward. We deserve to move forward. And we have to do it thoughtfully and carefully so we don't have a rebound effect. Restaurants uh, won't be organized in the same way. Uh, And there will be many other things that will change.
6: Manitoba's top doctor says it's important to get the economy moving but cautiously.
5: Non-essential businesses that have been uh, closed at this point to look at ways to uh, open some of them uh, with, with restrictions uh, to ensure that uh, we're uh, limiting the impact uh, and then certainly gradually reopening things.
6: And public gathering sizes could increase slowly.
5: What that time looks like, it's, it's diff- difficult to predict, but large uh, group gatherings are, are not a thing in our, uh, in our foreseeable future.
6: The premier says specifics will be released next week, but offered a glimmer of hope for those who may have pressed pause on weddings, memorials and special occasions. Brittany Greenslade, Global News.
1: Now again, the warning is that it will be a slow return and a reopening of schools, not likely to be the
5: first thing on that list. We do not want to risk a rebound effect and in particular all of us, with the love we have for our children, would be very, very concerned, I think about moving back to a congregation or an assembly of young people in our province that might lead to a COVID case.
2: And schools is a big question for so many people. Can you bring the schools back on without bringing back on the daycares for people with childcare? Can many of us go back to work if we don't have those schools and other systems in place? So all sorts of questions. Again, that plan will be coming out next week from Manitoba. But The premier also talked a lot about, guys, about looking at other jurisdictions and what they've done. And you might have heard a lot of people talk about Singapore lately. Singapore saw its first case back in January. They aggressively worked to prevent the spread by immediately testing anyone who had traveled. They tested people who didn't even show symptoms. They imposed quarantines. um, And they kept their numbers really low. And a lot of people looked at it as an example in the fight against COVID-19. But it's now dealing with a second outbreak. It's a second wave. And so they've had to return to some of the restrictions they had in place, another round of quarantines and closures, and they now have to have those places in place until June or longer, Greg. So the message would be, don't move quickly, take it easy, because you might just find yourself back uh, in self-isolation or quarantine again.
0: A lot of people pointing to Sweden on the other side of it, where they haven't imposed all these restrictions. Uh, Schools have remained open. Uh, Older people have been asked to shelter in place. They've reconfigured restaurants uh, to generate uh, separation. They've had a high uh, number of deaths, but uh, their overall cases, some people are pointing to Sweden as uh, an example of where they've struck a a happy balance. I don't know if there's any right answer here, guys, but. Obviously, as we make our way through the next weeks and months, uh, we'll we'll learn a lot uh, from other jurisdictions along the way.
1: Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, I opened up Twitter last night and I see Las Vegas mayor is trending. So I have a look at what's going on. It leads me to a rather interesting chat between CNN's Anderson Cooper and Las Vegas, Maryland, Carolyn Goodman. Greg, just very quickly here. Did you see this?
0: I saw it. <laughs> it was like a skit from SNL, is what it was. It was absolutely bizarre in nature. Anderson Cooper took off his glasses at least once, maybe twice, and, you know, did that rubbing of his eyes in disbelief. It was something else.
1: Yeah. And uh, go ahead, Loren.
2: He's the whole reason I want to get glasses so you can have that obvious exasperated look. It really just exemplifies <laughs> things. He was talking, Brett, to the Las Vegas mayor. Carolyn Goodman, about reopening the city's casinos, restaurants, and entertainment venues. The interview is 25 minutes. Uh, we pulled a couple minutes, so you can hear what she has to say. And that reaction from bewildered Anderson Cooper.
7: Every one of those lives is a tragic loss. But when you count 150 150- versus two point three million, you have to say, okay. we have to open up. We have to right. go back. Our bus drivers are But room hasn't it cleaners, been because of social distancing
8: that the numbers have been what they are?
7: How do you know until we have a control group? We offer to be a control group. Anybody who knows anything about statistics knows that for instance you have a vaccine. You're offering you the, the
8: citizens of Las Vegas to be a control group to see if your theory on social distancing no, works no, no, or doesn't not work. No,
7: wrong. Absolutely wrong. Don't put words in my mouth. You just what said I we'll said be a control offered- group. Excuse me. What I said was I offered to be a control group, and I was told by our statistician you can't do that because people from all parts of Southern Nevada Come in to work in the city, and I said, "Oh, that's too bad, because I know when you have a disease, you have a placebo that gets the water and the sugar, and then you get those that actually get the shot. We would love to be that placebo side, so you have something to measure against. So all you, the data, until you want to get
8: the placebo, you don't want to get let the let actual.
7: Me well, no, the
8: group who gets the placebo, by the way, usually gets the short end of the stick." Um,
7: well, you don't know. How do you know when you're in part of that group? Ha- you are, mayor.
8: mayor <laughs> if if you if casinos reopen, are you going to be inside those casinos every single night, putting your own life on the line?
7: I have lived in this town for 56 I mean, it's a years.
8: Are you going go to go to casinos no, 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 every no. night and put your life on the line no, like I, all I, the workers? I, you say you're there in holding town, their hands.
7: So I am. They don't need it. We weren't broken. We as tragically have 150 people we lost. Tragic. We have 2.3 million people here. I haven't heard and you say yes, 43... that you would be
8: sitting on those casino floors every night along with the people that you say you are holding their hands with.
7: What, what is the purpose of that? First of all, I have the family. Because it would, be putting, every every
8: meal, money, it would be putting what money you where your mouth is.
1: Loren, as the journalist of this trio, would you be able to conduct that interview with a straight face?
2: Well, I don't know. I, there are times when you hear that you, that you you have to wonder if you just wanted to start laughing and just sort of like if you had that button where in the cartoons there's like a floor that opens up and she could just drop into the floor <laughs> and disappear because it's really frustrating when someone doesn't answer. But the the most frustrating part is he he asked the question. Are uh, you uh, you said you want to be a uh, test group. Excuse me, I did not say that. Yeah, you said you wanted to be a test group. No, what I said is I offered to be a test group. And it's like, what? (laughs) Like, the whole thing is just so bizarre. And it's a perfect example of where we're at. In take a deep breath, everybody. I get that this hasn't been easy. And if you've lost your job, if you're a business that's struggling, I can't even imagine what you're going through. But we have scientists and doctors for a reason. And that's why the, the politicians should and will, I hope, in this country, at least defer to them.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us on 680 CJOB. With school out indefinitely, kids are missing a lot these days.
0: Yeah, and I can think of a handful of things my kids are missing other than the structure and the um, necessity to be on time. That's sort of completely out of the window, uh, let alone having a shower every day and brushing their hair. Uh, I would think they're missing school sports, and based on what they used to talk about, Loren, as their favorite parts of the day, they're also missing lunch break, recess, (laughs) and uh, I'm guessing um, music. But outside of that, uh, they're doing okay.
2: Yeah, they might be missing gym. They might be missing time with their friends. And I know lots of parents are doing their best to keep some sort of form of school at home, but it's not the same. You mentioned a few things they might be missing out on. Well, there's also just the skills of playground rules or field trips Mm -hmm. spring concerts this is the time of year a session on bike safety is often introduced at schools and if it weren't for COVID-19 our next guest would be bringing another safety message to students too Constable Gord Olson is with the RCMP's internet child exploitation unit and joins us now good morning Constable Olson good morning so what message are you normally trying to bring into schools uh in at, at this point in the school year
9: Basically trying to keep the kids safe online, uh, educating them on um, what they should and maybe what they shouldn't be doing on social media, on their devices. Uh, We try to get out to as many schools, obviously, as we can. can't be doing that now uh, due to the the shutdown, the lockdown. So um, just uh, trying our best to get the message out there otherwise.
1: Traffic tip, by the way. Stalled truck, St. Mary at Main Street in the left turn lane. Again, St. Mary at Main Street, left turn lane. Uh, A lot more screen time. Constable Olson is happening at home these days as more lessons have gone online. What should parents be watching for? Um,
9: Just I I know that they have to be out there uh, doing the stuff online with their schools and stuff. But when they get their own time on the phones, on the devices, just to kind of keep keep an eye on them, see what they're doing, ask the questions, keep the conversation going with them. Um, if they're taking the device uh, other places into their rooms, maybe into the bathroom with them, uh, again, depending on their age, uh, that might not be the best place for them to have those type of, of devices with them when they're, when they're away from the parents' eyes.
0: I have to ask why, and I know the answer, but there'll be some people asking why is it not a good idea, Constable Olson, for your kids to be using those devices outside of where you can see them?
9: Uh, kids don't know their own limits. Um, they, they have a huge buy-in to what they're being asked for uh, when they're talking to people online. Uh, they talk to strangers online, unfortunately. Somebody says hi to them, they feel like they need to respond and they get into this conversation with people that they don't know. So they don't know their own limits um, and then they go down that that crazy rabbit hole and then unfortunately at times uh, we get the phone call at the end of the day from the parent looking for help because something really bad has happened.
2: Yeah, they may have been contacted by somebody who has ulterior motives. There might be criminal in nature. There, there There's the whole exploitation concern and, and also the sharing of photos and how you mentioned going down that rabbit hole about how one message leads to another and another. And part of your presentation is about the idea that people have to think before they hit send. And so tell us a bit about that message, Constable Olson, when it comes to that that call that might come from a parent who says, oh, God, my, my child just shared a, a photo over the internet with a stranger,
9: the kids are looking for acceptance. Like the teens and the tweens are looking for that acceptance. So when they are when when they are engaged in those conversations and they're being asked, and maybe it's that cute boy or girl in their life, um, they're asking for for intimate images, nude images, whatever they're asking for. Um, they feel like they have to send them. And, um, and and that's the unfortunate thing where they don't realize that they don't have to talk to them. They can say no. Um, but again, the buy in is really high for it. So so we do see that where those images are sent out. So we're just the, the message that we try to send in the presentation is that we want them to think about these things. They, they shouldn't be doing this. They don't have to be doing this. It is illegal to do it. And they are sending that illegal material out unknowingly.
1: Obviously, this message of safety is important for the kids to absorb. But I'm also wondering, too, how much of it falls on the parents because I'm thinking, you know, uh, I'm 42 years old. I can figure out how to use apps like Zoom and House Party, but it might take me longer than it would take a kid to figure it out because kids have just been like they've grown up with technology their whole lives. It's just part of their DNA. So chances are a lot of these kids know more about this stuff than their parents do.
9: Well, and what I try to tell parents is, again, have that conversation with your child. Try to find out what kind of apps that they're using. Ask them to show you how they all work. Uh, that also engages the child with you. It gives them a sense of sort of accomplishment that they're showing you something as well. So uh, the, the biggest thing that we tell parents is you got to have those conversations as awkward as they can be. Um, I'd rather um, a child hear it from a parent than going on the Internet and finding out, Um, all the wrong things to do. Constable,
0: uh, we just have a minute and a half or so here, but I'm thinking back to my school days. And if you saw, uh, if I thought a a girl was pretty in class, you might write her a note and then you would send that maybe uh, through your friends and it would make its way across the classroom to that young lady. Uh, But you always had to worry about the teacher intercepting that note and reading it in front of the class. Kids don't have those same uh, concerns necessarily these days. They will say things that you wouldn't even imagine thinking when you were 13, 14, 15 years old. Things happen really quick on the internet with regard to the com- conversations around sex.
9: They can be anonymous, or they think they can be anonymous. We can track a lot of that, but they, they're being anonymous as well. They can send that stuff. Um, just very sexualized nowadays because. They're getting devices in kindergarten grade one to start with. So they're very familiar with things. And then as they get older and their bodies, their hormones start changing, they're into um, the opposite sex or same sex, whatever their preference is, they um, start. Again, going down that rabbit hole, unfortunately, and it's it's 24-7 with devices now. So it's, it's a constant barrage of this type of thing.
1: Constable Gord Olson with the RCMP's Internet Child Exploitation Unit. Thank you for the time, sir. Thank you very much. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. The phone lines are now open at 204 780 6868 for your chance to win a $50 gift card for Netflix. 204 780 6868. Call us now for your chance to win. Question of the day at CJOB.com brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first, you'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204 832 6243. Parents, aside from their friends, what are your kids missing most from school? Your options are reading, writing, math, etc., recess, gym class, or lunch. And so far, it's an even split, 33% for reading, writing, math, 33% for recess, and 33% for gym class. No votes so far for lunch. And I I guess I can ask you, Loren, do they still have hot dog days at school? Because if that's the case, I'd, I'd be missing lunch. (laughs)
2: I actually at our kids school they don't have that they have like a pizza day they do a subway day Um, there's a couple other things that might come in from the parent advisory council but I really don't think hot dogs have been on the list the reason why kids aren't missing lunch right now is because they are having 17 lunches a day i saw a meme i saw a meme going around the other day saying remember how all we all used to complain about having to make that one lunch per day and now you're making 278 different meals like they're eating non-stop they've never been happier on the food front i don't think
1: well on twitter 30% of the vote has gone to lunch uh, 50% recess 15% gym class and 5% reading writing etc so you can cast your vote at cjob.com or on Twitter, at 680CJOB. Phone lines are jammed at 204-780-6868. Here is the question for today. This non-essential item has been bought more often during COVID-19. What is it? Diane, do you know what it is? Hello, Diane. Say again. Uh, Hair dye. No, not hair dye. That's a great guess, though. That was, uh, we talked, uh, was it last week or the week before that that's become part of the next phase of panic buying, hair dye and hair clippers? Delane, this non-essential item has been bought more often during COVID-19. What is it? Uh-oh. I can't think of anything. Just guess. Ah, uh, toothpaste. Toothpaste? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's kind of essential, though. Well, hey, it it was a guess. It's a good guess. I mean, you got to have toothpaste, right? And uh, people might be, it could be one of those panic buys. When you see it, you load up, especially when you go to Costco. But no, that's not the answer, Delane. I'm sorry. Okay. Hey, by the way, GMAC, uh, my dad said he Smash Gordon, went to, to Costco yesterday. Uh, he waited in line 45 minutes. And, not uh, bad. No, not bad. And he's, He was really pleased with how organized it was, and he, people were, like, they, as you went down the aisles, there would be someone standing there saying, do you need toilet paper? Here you go. Do you need some wipes? Here you go. He got a six-pack of Lysol wipes. So it sounds like they were uh, fully stocked yesterday at Costco. Well, Kathy, it sounds
0: like you pay up front, right? You're, you're, you're going to be in line for however long outside, and then you get basically the store to yourself, which is great.
1: Yeah, that would be nice in Costco. I always found it sort of chaotic. Kathy?
9: Toilet paper.
1: No, that's not the answer, but that's another great guess. I'm good on that. How was your stock on that, uh, Loren McNabb?
2: Pretty good. We had bought some, oh, I don't know, I want to say at least two months ago, long before panic buying. I have to check those. It's always one of those things where you think you have enough until there is none left. And then you're like, wait a minute. Didn't we have 27 rolls? Nope.
1: <laughs> Rita, Rita, this non-essential item has been bought more often during COVID-19. What is it? Yeast. Yeast. Another solid guess. Ho, ho,
7: ho. Everybody,
1: everybody's baking these days, but no, that's not it. Well, not everybody. I haven't baked anything. Keith. <laughs> That's another great guess. I may have bought some of that.
2: He's so emphatic, too. Liquor.
1: Uh, no, that's not it, Keith, but uh, great hey, guess. Thanks. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Uh, Gary. Yeah. Gary, good morning. Is it uh, like pasta or noodles or something like that? No, no, but that's another solid one. Man, I haven't had pasta in a while. I think the last time I had pasta was when I ordered lasagna from Frankie's, uh, Joe restaurant, now available on Skip, by the way. Laura, do you know the answer?
7: Would it be flour? Flowers? No, flour that you bake with.
1: Oh, no, no, that's not it. I'm sorry, Laura. Uh, That's another great guess, though. Haven't had a guess yet from GMAC. Dorothy, do you know the answer? Uh, puzzles? Puzzles? No, no.
2: A lot of people doing that, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I haven't. I, I kind of want to get a puzzle, but then I, 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 I don't have anywhere to put it. Like you know, where you can put it out and leave it. And actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, having a puzzle just sitting there, waiting to be solved, would be is something that would give me anxiety.
0: <laughs> you know what? I found in uh, one of my magic uh, tickle trunks is a Timu Salani 250 piece puzzle. It's still in. It's an original packaging. I should maybe open it up.
1: See if you I can sell. I think that'd be a good one. I wonder if you could sell it, Heather. Well, probably. Heather, do you know the answer?
9: Hi. Good morning. Is it alcohol?
1: No, it's not alcohol. I'm sorry. Good guess though. Is it food stuff or is it a hard good? It is not food stuff. How's that?
2: Ooh, there's been a couple good guests on our text line, so I wonder what. A couple of them we've thought about purchasing in the last few days.
1: Yeah, and I'll say I'll say this. One of the the callers almost said it. Bill, do you know the answer? Um, Plants. That's right. One of our callers, I thought she said flowers. She said flower. The answer is houseplants.
0: Uh Aha, there we go.
1: Bill, have you bought any houseplants in the last few weeks? I have not, but I know people who have. Yeah, yeah. well, now that uh, the greenhouse, uh, greenhouse has got the green light, uh, places like Ron Paul Garden Center and Shelmerdines can open up and start selling you some stuff. Hey, I'm going to put you on hold, Bill. Congratulations, buddy. Awesome, thank you. And hey, by the way, on the subject of Netflix, Greg, you just sent us a, a tweet that you saw something cool that's debuting uh, on April 29th.
0: Yeah, it's called, um, what's it called? Uh, their love story? A secret Love. A secret Love, right? Uh, 60 years, this uh, two women who've been together For more than 60 years, I think it's 65, they used to play professional baseball together once upon a time. Nobody knew they were a couple. It's supposed to be spectacular.
1: Yeah, that looks great. So that'll be on Netflix on April 29th. So we have one one more gift card to give away tomorrow, a $50 gift card for Netflix. And on the subject of houseplants, I need to go out and buy Another house plant because that uh, bromeliad, the one that was purchased oh no. for me in September, the one that I that I was told you only have to water it like once every two weeks. Well, apparently mm-hmm. that's still too much for me because that plant has died and I feel terrible. I tried to bring it back to life, but I can't even care for a plant. So,
2: You know what, Brett? When this is all over, this is my pledge to you. I will bring a plant to work because wasn't that going to be our plan in our new downtown studio? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. A, plant a divider. To- yeah a divider between brett and i so he didn't have to look me directly in the eye between two ferns and i could like part the leaves and be like i can see you
1: <laughs> well you know what i, I have a feeling post pandemic the whole eye contact thing is going to change because i'm starved for human interaction all i've got is jeff Forte, and i love you buddy but i miss loren and greg too so yeah I got one more gift card to give away tomorrow for you to continue your self-isolation Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Some would say having to teach your kids math at home is the danger zone. But someone is here to help and we're going to play something for you here. Let's just let this roll for a few seconds. Wake up, but still I'm in a dream t-shirt Ripped jeans in
3: quarantine geeking on the inside No one knows Looking for variables Actions, percents and decimals line graphs factors binomials obtuse straight reflex right angles metric imperial So I'm a math guy quotient product sum guy hypotenuse to see guy 3.14 pi guy I'm a cute type and math's doing yet yeah type Shopping pencils loud type
1: My favorite part is the 3.14 Pie Guy. It is a tribute, don't call it a parody, to the hit from Billie Eilish, Shy Guy.
2: Yeah, and that's by our friend, math teacher Will Penner. He, of course, has joined us several times over the years to discuss math, how to help your kids increase their love for math, or at least help them do it better and be better in the subject, which can really, let's be honest, it confuses the heck out of most parents these days, probably now more than ever, Greg.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Will is also the founder of Mathopoly, which is exactly what you think it is, a board game about math. Good morning, math guy.
3: Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing all right, as well as can be expected. Um, scalene Triangle was also my favorite.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's <well, laughs> Hey, uh, you know what? The, the, the point was uh, I had gotten some messages yesterday, even from my family, and I said, well, If you guys are memorizing at least some of these math terms that's that's i've done my job right so that's the that's the best part of the song i think is that there's so many different uh uh terminology math terminology in it that it kind of gets stuck in your head right so that's that's part of it
0: I absolutely love it. I think it's brilliant, Will. Uh, You're a quotient product sum guy. I'm doing my best to memorize this thing, by the way. So it's a terrific song and the video is spectacular to go along with it. You can go to our Instagram story to see that. I've also posted it on my Twitter account. I knew you were musically inclined, brother, but how long did it take you to produce this gem?
3: Um, i got to be honest with you, actually, lyrically, um, it probably took me about an hour, maybe a little bit longer than an hour, mm-hmm. and uh, we filmed it, well, I filmed it in one take, uh, because I really didn't think much of it, you know, I thought I was going to do it for this awesome um, uh, program that we do at school two, two to three times a week, we do a video program for our students who are obviously not there, and um, I thought, yeah, I'll just throw something together pretty quick, Um the singing though i will tell you i mean billy eilish is is a, like a masterful singer and that took me a long time so that that took a few takes for sure uh but uh otherwise no i didn't take too much time so i i mean i kind of feel bad about it but i yeah it, it was a, it was it was a, a great project to do but uh it didn't take up weeks so that was that was a good thing too
1: first i got to stumble i got to fall on the sword here i had a brain fart i said shy guy the song's called bad guy shy guy is a song from 1995 by <laughs> diana king she she shy guy she's it's one of the lyrics in the song but it's called bad guy so sorry about that i'm showing my age i guess why well, go to all this effort does it help inspire the kids
3: yeah you know like i said we do this program and i wanted to just showcase that hey you know i'm still thinking about math i'm hoping you're still thinking about math And um, let's do it in a sort of a fun way. I I don't like to call it a parody. I think it's more of an homage. But um, yeah, let's let's look at it at at a different angle and and have some fun with it and not just think about it as textbook or worksheet work. Let's let's sing a song about it so that we memorize some of these uh, terms as well and and can place them into real life situations that we're in uh, at the present moment.
2: Well, friends of mine, Will just shared a video the other day of multiplication factors that was put together to a top forty hit because it helped the kids, you know, remember and learn things. And, you know, I have to give a huge shout out to parent or teachers right now because they're doing an incredible job. In our school division, we're in the Seine River School Division. Videos are being posted daily with notes on on where to go for more information and classroom assignments and all the rest. And so the learning curve for all of us is way up. But I have to say you mentioned decimals in the song. And my kids are in French immersion. And that's when I learned yesterday that they use the comma in French as opposed yes, to a decimal. And I've never been more confused. So <laughs> I, I tried not to show it to the kids. They seem to understand it just fine. But how are your parents doing when you have discussions with them? Because this is such a challenging and, and it's, it's actually bringing it back to the idea that maybe I didn't know math that well to begin with.
3: Um, you know what? For the most part, I think parents have have been like have been great. They've been very supportive of uh, not only the teachers but the school division, um, what we're trying to uh, accommodate for their their children. Um, but I, I really have had very few interactions in terms of uh, parents not understanding the material. I think our our teachers in our school, especially, are really um, able to get across what. What the assignments are what the tasks are, and I think students are are um, either emailing us or chatting with us through our our, our Microsoft teams that we're using, and are uh, we're able to have this this dialogue going back and forth all day long and And that's the other thing. I mean we, we're getting up at the same time, we' are working the same hours we're actually working I, I hate to say, it, but we're actually I think we're working more now than we were before.
0: Some people are going to look at this and go, "Oh, that ain't work." Well, come on, give me a break. You know, uh, uh, this is this is is this doing anything for our kids? Is kids kids dig this kind of stuff, don't they?
3: I think so, and I think I'm um, like we we kind of chatted off off air before, Greg. But I was saying, you know, like I had to pick a song that was somewhat relevant, and this is so out of my comfort zone. Um, and I laugh when I look at the video because I mean, I. I mean, I don't wear hats like that. I, I don't rap. Uh, you know, it, it's just so out of my comfort zone. But I thought if the kids are going to see their teacher in a different light, this is the way to do it. You know, um, not too many kids are going to memorize Quiet Riot lyrics. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those things where we have to keep relevant with what they're, what they're listening to, what they're watching, and, and keep them engaged. And I think this was the way to do it.
1: And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was shot in Arthur Day in Transcona? It, it certainly was, yes. Okay. I recognized uh, something on the wall. I used to play basketball there. How'd you end up in that, in that particular school?
3: Um, just through River East Transcona School Division. Applied, you know, many years ago and uh, ended up at Arthur Day. It started with a term and, and kept on growing, and now I'm there permanently, and it's, it's been awesome.
1: Will Penner, Mathopoly, the math guy, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Will, thank you so much for this great video.
3: Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for posting that, and I hope you guys have a great uh, rest of the day.
1: According to the Public Health Agency, one in six couples, Greg, deals with infertility. Yeah, now, fortunately, for those that, that love to have kids, many
0: of us will never know the struggle to conceive a child. But as the statistics tell us, a significant number of couples who desperately want to have children of their own are unable to do so without some very serious planning and medical interventions. If you're not in the group of couples grappling with infertility, you likely know couples who are or have, Loren.
2: Yeah, and it's a story that so many people can relate to. And this is actually National Infertility Awareness Week. And as they work to raise issues about infertility and the help that's needed on different fronts, we're also dealing in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic. So to help us shed some light on what many couples are going through, we're joined by John Waldman. And thanks for taking the time, John.
10: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
2: We know that conceiving a child can be challenging for so many couples, with COVID-19, what's this added to the difficulty of just even starting that conversation, let alone getting the doctor or doing any of those needed procedures?
10: So the situation right now is that most, if not all, clinics across Canada, including Heartland uh, here in Winnipeg, have uh, closed operations as doctors are being redirected elsewhere um, within the medical system. So, any procedures that were being planned that hadn't already uh, gone into effect um, have, or, have uh, been delayed. Um, and in some cases, as I've spoken with in, uh, in some of the international groups I'm in, uh, I've heard stories that there are couples whose procedures, uh, even, including starting their, uh, their pre-procedure uh, medical, has already has been uh, stopped midpoint.
0: That, and that's got to be devastating. Uh, just talk about from your own experience, John, and uh, the planning that goes into this, the financial obligation mm-hmm. that's attached to to going down this road. Uh, share your story if you wouldn't mind.
10: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my wife and I uh, started on our journey um, in 2008 and 2009. Uh, we had dropped Trouble ha- getting pregnant in the first place but then had a miscarriage in 2009 uh, after that we went through a couple different trials processes here um, and ultimately had what they was labeled as unexplained infertility uh, we ended up going to victoria bc to have ivf um, which is in vitro fertilization and had our daughter in 2015 uh, we are still uh Mid-journey, I guess the best way to put it. Um, we, we tried IVF again last year, but unfortunately we miscarried, and we're not sure where our, our next step is, but all we know is that um, it certainly is not over yet.
1: Now, the financial burden attached to seeking fertility treatments and other means of conceiving a child when you can't are pretty enormous, aren't they? How expensive can it be?
10: It can get to be very expensive. Uh, for the first round of IVF, uh, where you're, where you have to uh, both extract the eggs and then uh, have the um, have it uh, reinserted once for, once fertilization takes place, you're looking at a at a cost of between ten and fifteen thousand dollars, depending how much of your uh, medicines and other drugs are covered or not covered under a health insurance plan. Uh, other procedures are a little bit less expensive. Uh, you generally will start with a uh, with drugs such as Letrozole, uh, which are fairly inexpensive, and then uh, potentially looking at uh, intrauterine insemination, which can be around $2,000 per shot. Uh, but overall, it is definitely a financial burden that you are taking on, um, and it's something that in Manitoba there are tax rebates available if you have a procedure within the province. And the federal government has similar programs as well, but there still isn't the same coverage that you're getting in other jurisdictions. Uh, Quebec, for a period uh, offered free uh, IVF procedures. Ontario uh, offers one. Um, other jurisdictions across the globe will have varying opportunities available.
2: Yeah, it really depends on where you live in terms of what is offered, John. There's the financial burden, which you just so succinctly highlighted, and then there's the emotional one. And you had mentioned just prior that you know you're on your journey still with your wife, and that you had had that miscarriage last year. And I'm sorry for that. Um, I know what a difficult process that it is to overcome. And I'm wondering what you're hearing from other parents in this time who might be going through similar loss or grieving or, or trying again and when you can't connect to that healthcare professional, that adds to that overall stress that they must be feeling.
10: It is. It's definitely I mean this and this and this isn't unique case um, right now, given what we're in the midst of that is unprecedented, really? That no one in our in our generation, or in the generation, uh, or two generations above us, really can talk to this kind of experience of having to basically shut down all, a lot of your aspects of life and a lot a lot of your aspects of health care. Um, I've spoken with a couple of families who are either just starting to do the process, or they had started were midway through uh, some of the procedures that they were investigating, and it is. It's soul crushing. There's no other way to put it to be, to be thinking that you're going towards a solution and all of a sudden you have to have a hard stop. Having said that, there are a lot of supports available. Right, uh, right now, Fertility Matters Canada, as part of CIAW, is running a number of online seminars, at uh, which you can find out more information about at fertilitymatters.ca and locally there is a support group that is meeting every couple of weeks uh, virtually through Zoom to provide support opportunities. Uh, there's also a, a Large number of Facebook groups that are out there, uh, both locally and internationally, some specific for women, some specific for men, some for couples. So it's just doing a little bit of investigating, but there are so many supports out there, thankfully, and it seems like even more than when we went through our first rounds in 2013 and 2014.
0: John, I have to ask: in this era of social media, uh, mm-hmm. it highlights the fact that everybody has an opinion about everything, and sometimes it's not very friendly out there. Do you get pushback about the notion of spending thousands of dollars to to have a child of your own? I I, I can only imagine some of the things that that get said. I've, there's
10: there isn't a lot of people that will push back on on that front. Having said that, though, there are people and there are groups, um, either religious-based or traditionalists, who don't believe that creating a baby through um, ART, assistive reproductive technology, is the natural way to go, or they feel that it's not, that it's not something that's quote-unquote essential. To that, I say, talk to somebody that has, that has trouble walking uh, because, they're, because they have a hip injury or somebody has, lo- God forbid, lost a limb. Imagine what that feels like, because it's, that may, some, the argument can be made that that's not essential. That somebody could walk around in a wheelchair or go around in a wheelchair, I should say. Um, but they, they want it. They want to have that normalcy that everybody else has. The same way that somebody that doesn't have a child wants to have a child, and if, in the same way that you're going to look to technologies that are that are making it available for transplants or for uh, for other uh, ways to, to replace a limb. This is a, we're basically going about it the same way. We are looking at the options available and the technologies that have been available, some as many as four years old now, that will help somebody achieve their dream. I'm
1: just looking at the web. You mentioned Fertility Matters. Uh, FertilityMatters.ca is the website. And there's uh, one mm-hmm. of the, the things that pops up is hashtag one in six. And there are dozens of stories here uh, from various families. Uh, and where they just want to share what they've experienced. So having that, that experience where you can reach out to somebody maybe who has gone through something similar, I would imagine, having that support system, especially at a time like this, is uh, crucial.
10: Absolutely. It makes all the difference in the world. And we felt that certainly as well. We felt so isolated and alone when we were going through our trials, and we had friends who had their first kid and sometimes their second kid before we were able to To finding success and it just was so emotionally crippling, there's no other way to put it, that the people that you grew up with, that you go through school with, that you go through university with, that you get married at the same time, buy houses at the same time, all of a sudden you have a stop and on the way and it makes, it strains a lot of your relationships. So the most important thing to do is to find those new relationships, find those new commonalities and the more that I've talked with people even since um, they say the same thing that they wish that, there were, that they knew about these resources that were out there. They wish that there were more resources out there because it was so hard to talk. It's becoming a little bit more normalized now uh, between all of the availabilities on social media and pop culture talking about it more in general but it's still so hard and all that you can do is, is and I encourage anybody to reach out and they could reach out to me directly as well I'm happy to have any conversation but if you, it's it's so important to to find to find those resources for you, um, be it through a support group, be it through a uh, therapist, be it through other means, but it's going to help you immensely. And the, and it's important to know that you are one the one in six. You're not alone. There are so many that are like you, and there's so many that are going through the exact same experience you are.
2: You're not alone and you can find help, John. Where can we direct people to if they've got questions about what they can source locally just for that camaraderie or exchange of uh, ideas? Where would you invite them to go?
10: You can definitely go to fertilitymatters.ca and it has local links. You can also email Winnipeg at outlook.com to learn more about our local support groups. Um, additionally, I, uh, like I said before, I invite anybody to contact me directly. They can send me a note through Twitter at John Waldman or through Instagram at John underscore Waldman, and I'm happy to direct them or speak to them individually as they would like.
1: John Waldman joining us live on 680 CJOB during this Canadian Infertility Awareness Week. Thank you so much for the time, John. Much appreciated, sir.
10: My pleasure. Thank you.